please enjoy this classic clip from the I Love Gringo Letters Patreon archives. You guys, this is a very exciting episode. We have got international guests, one of which is an Australian international guest, which is the most important type of Australian. <laughs> we love the ones that leave. <laughs> we are in Sydney. We've uh, just scraped this in. Our, our first guest is Perry Award-winning comedian from Australia, now in the UK. Welcome, Brendan Burns. Thank you very much. Our other guest, very exciting. He is a New York Times bestseller. He's a former WWE champion, a future WWE Hall of Famer, professional wrestling icon. It's Cactus Jack, Dude Love Mankind. It's Mick Foley. Welcome, sir. Yeah, thank you. It's nice to be here. Uh, I uh, reprimanded, I just have to tell you, I reprimanded a, uh, a compare because all he had to do was say pretty much what you did, even short. He goes, what do you want me to say? I said, uh, Say I'm a three-time WWE champion because in the in the U.S. it's big. You got the credits are big, but all I, all that needs to be said is three-time WWE champion, two-time New York Times number one best-selling author, and newest inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame. He goes, "Okay, I got it." I said, "You think you might want to write it down?" He said, "No, no, I got it." Like I was, I, I was insulting his intelligence, and he went out and he didn't have it. He didn't have it, and I, he was like, "I couldn't help," but now I'm on stage and I'm like. He had to say 27 words. Like, that's all he had to do, and he couldn't do it. And the next night, bless her heart, this lady, she had a, a, a her chest, entire chest was a butterfly tattoo. And I told her the same thing. It's really easy. That's all you have to say. And she went out there and she goes, Our next, you know, our headlining comic has three WWE champs <laughs> in his yard. Yeah, he has three champs. Wow. Like, yeah, they're a little breed of toy dog or something. What a what a stinky basement you yeah. must have. <laughs> I have a running gag because, you know, in the UK, it's a nod to the audience because in, the, in America, they list their credits. And uh, so it's a nod to the audience. It's a, it's a trick we play on visiting Americans. And we go, anything you want us to say about you? And they go, yeah, tell them I done Letterman, tell them I done Leno. And it's actually a wink to the crowd that the guy's a wanker. Um, <laughs> because often guys will come up and say, and list their credits at me when I'm seeing it. And I'm going, I'm not going to do that. You seem like a nice guy. But I always have a running gag whenever someone says, anything you want me to say? And I always just go, face the front, say my fucking name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a thicker set man than I expected. Thank you. Actually, no. Fuck you. No, no, no. Not not fat. I mean, I thought you were a, a lithe, weedy little fella. It's like Tim Minchin. Tim Minchin looks tiny in photos. When I, when I asked him, what's, what's still like, uh, Brennan's like, he's a spindly little fella. <laughs> I didn't, didn't I? Yeah. I said, I'm not sure his legs support it. <laughs> I said, I think he's got something. It might be the hiv. I'm not sure. In his Facebook profile, <laughs> he's not long for this world. That's how it looked. That's how I got him here, all right? So don't start bitching. Are you not going to mark this down as a make-a-wish vision? Yeah, you? exactly. This is... Yeah. Actually, John Cena's expected here any moment now to grant his 337th wish. The young man doesn't appear to have very much time left. <laughs> it was a classic Saturday Night Live episode based on American baseball legend Babe Ruth who promised a kid that he would hit a home run for him, and that was the the famous called shot. At least, you know, I think I'm mixing up my Babe Ruth home runs, but they did a great thing where the kid's in the hospital listening to the radio, and he goes, and the babe promised a dying kid. <laughs> what? Dad, what is this? I'm dying? <laughs> Little guy doesn't have much time left. They didn't even make it to the end of the game. <laughs> they didn't <laughs> oh 
stuff, man. Good news, bad news. <laughs> Good news. He hit a home run. Bad news. I'm going to die. Might have to. Oh, yeah, Get sure. It. You know that gag? What is it? Uh, there's a reworking of the old gag of a uh, horse walks into the bar and the barman says, why the long face? And the horse says, i got fucking cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk quickly about your Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. And we just found out this week that you're going in with Bruno Sammartino. Bruno, man. Bruno. We never thought we'd see it. Whenever I was asked, like, who do you think should go into the Hall? Would you like to see in the Hall? I said, you really need Bruno in that WWE Hall of Fame. You know, they can... And the thing about WWE Hall of Fame, people say, well, how, could, you know, how come they don't, you know, induct Bruno... WWE made the decision a long time ago that somebody's got to, you know, be there or they can be inducted posthumously, but their family has to be there. But, uh, you know, Bruno, he's been asked, I mean, several times, and I don't know what they did to, uh, you know, to change his mind, but I think Bruno realized if he didn't do it at Madison Square Garden, that there wasn't going to be, you know, if he did it anywhere else, Unless it was in Pittsburgh, and I'm pretty sure WrestleMania is not coming to Pittsburgh. <laughs> I, mean, you know, uh, I think Bruno realized that this was, you know, this was a, this was the chance to, to to really, you know, hopefully it'll be a healing process for him too. Yeah, that's like the uh, Babe Ruth skit for all our Pittsburgh listeners. Oh, no WrestleMania, <laughs> <laughs> and you've all got cancer. <laughs> They got hell in a cell, though. Uh, what, I was known, you know, for the, the cheap pop, you know, you know, right here and do it around the cities in every single city and it became known and people appreciated it. Uh, so I said to Stone Cold Steve Austin, this is where we would use Raw, our live national television show, as like our own little playground. I was like, watch, watch this promo I give out there. And I came out as a commissioner. I said... You know, ladies and gentlemen, Pittsburgh, I remember I was up on top of this cell and was thrown off and nearly died right here in <laughs> Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And people are, <laughs> we have many guests that name drop on this on this program, but we've never had Stone Cold before. That is impressive. It's a good name to drop. You are maybe the world champion I of just, Green Guy Letters name drop. Just started. <laughs> but I, no, I'm not a name dropper. Like uh, Katie Couric, uh, who hosts the Today Show, <laughs> probably agree with you. I'm an honor. Interviewed by her twice. <laughs> She'd be the first to tell you. <laughs> former President George Bush. <laughs> yeah. Former President George Bush, who knows my catchphrase, uh, <laughs> tell you I'm no name dropper. <laughs> And does that signify the Hall of Fame that, that we won't see you in the ring anymore? You've yeah, a long yeah, career. It's very, you never say never. I'm not saying that when WrestleMania 40 calls and they have the old-timers battle royale uh, that I wouldn't do it. No, there'd be no like match match. Yeah. There'd be nothing where there's any pressure to ever be good again. Well, I, was, I, I had a famous quote when I had my um, uh, loser must retire match in... Uh, February 2000, saying I wasn't going to be one of those guys who prostituted his name and came back six weeks after retiring. And then I came back and I said, uh, well, I said I wasn't going to be one of those guys who prostituted his name by coming back six weeks after he retired, and I'm not. I'm back in three. (laughs) I got a call. I'm at home. I'm every reason to believe my career is over. Ended on a real high note. And Jim Ross calls me, and he says, you know, and I, he goes, yeah, we got some uh, an idea for your WrestleMania. And I thought, okay, I don't know if they had fan access at that time or, or not, but they had a lot of things for people to take part in. And I said, well, what do you have in mind? And meanwhile, it was almost like after that match, I'd just gone home and I'd skipped like the digestive process. And I just started 
stapling <laughs> slabs of fat to my hips. You know, <laughs> a pizza. Instead of eating, I'm just gonna uh, staple it to my waist. You know, I'd put on like 20 pounds in two weeks. And he goes, we were thinking of you and uh, The Rock and Big Show. I was like, but I just retired. <laughs> so I became the first person in <laughs> WWE history to try to talk the company out of putting them in the WrestleMania main event. <laughs> and then I, I think, you know, after I grudgingly realized that I could probably send at least a couple of my kids through, you know, through college. So the WrestleMania payoff became the college fund. So, yeah, I sold out. Nice. Well, Janet, I sold. You know, and people would call me on that. Oh, yeah, 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 you didn't keep your word. And I'd be like, most guys couldn't say no to Vince if he called them up and asked if they could come over and mow his yard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, at least I couldn't say no to Vince when it came to a WrestleMania main event. Did they sell it to you like, but you'd never been invented WrestleMania? They did. And they we sold want it to that me for like, you it, was, it was, you know, it was my dream. And uh, I'd been, you know, shut out at the last moment the year before. And they really wanted it to be a, a big thing for me. And uh, so I, you know, agreed and, uh, and did it. Uh, I don't think there's any more WrestleMania main events in my future. <laughs> if only stand-up comedy had a loser retires policy. <laughs> <laughs> How much better would that be? I would be having many a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> Just what? <laughs> Just as everyone's filtering out. <laughs> Let's love some letters from the Green Guide. For those that might be new listeners, the Green Guide is a TV lift out in Melbourne, Australia. And... Uh, they get crazy letters. Now, I've, I've delved into the archive and found some wrestling-related letters. Really? Ooh, the archives. Okay, yeah. a little twist on the Yeah, a little twist on, on the uh, green right, guide okay. here. All right. So this one, a little bit controversial, very timely uh, in the past month. Uh, this one's called Let It Bite the Dust. The drug-stricken farce, a.k.a. the Tour de France, has come to an ignoble end. Will SBS now bite the bullet and drop its coverage as German TV networks have already done? The performance-enhanced tour has the credibility of world championship wrestling. Oh, Rex Condon, Ashwood. So he's even uh, he's well, even bad mouthing WCW. Yeah, he was WCW. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm not debating the credibility of. <laughs> he didn't say. He didn't say. As long as they didn't mess around with my three WWE champs. <laughs> That's all I'm <laughs> saying, man. The ones you keep in your yard. Uh, listen, can I do my impression of how uh, Lance Armstrong should have handled his Oprah uh, Winfrey press conference? Yeah. Go ahead, be Oprah with and ask me a question. Ah! Very good. <laughs> well, uh, Oprah. Um, before I answer that, I'd just like to point out that I had one nut! <laughs> I had only one nut! <laughs> I'm a man with one nut! <laughs> and I want eight! <laughs> I mean, isn't that... Don't you get your publicist to point out that you had one... I don't like to curse. He had one fucking nut! <laughs> and he was still the best in the world! Like, those bicycle seats are hard to ride on and you don't even have a place to put both your guys. I know. You doesn't have to it, side saddle one nut. Doesn't that mean he's got an advantage that he's only got one nut? Those seats depends the size of the nut. Ooh. Like if it's a one giant nut, I imagine that really throws your equilibrium no. out. <laughs> so much of a toe, right? A broken toe, it can really throw you off. When you first lost your ear, Mick only has one ear, ladies and gentlemen. Did and you... that's why he's allowed to cheat in the Tour de France. Yeah, exactly. If I wanted to. Yeah. Did you get? Dizzy because there was a piece missing. 
You know what happens uh, when you lose a little part of your body? It throws your your chemistry off. You know, it's, yeah. it's it's kind of strange. And this is not that I'm comparing what I went through with what you know uh, s- soldiers who've lost limbs have, but they go through a similar thing. And you can't figure out like why can't, why can't I just get this together? And it's like because you're losing part of yourself, and your body takes a little while to adjust chemically. So it was, a, and the but the worst part of it was not the chemical reaction it was the fact that i happen to be in the only form of business where losing your ear is not necessarily a bad thing <laughs> this is like a story writer's dream and i and i'm sitting like i actually was like a little bit of a high you know until i realized i was uh in a german hospital with no tv no no roommate nothing nothing just nothing to do for two days uh but at least i was thinking man this is going to be a great storyline and then when they did nothing 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 with it nothing with it it was uh, that was when uh, you know a little bit a little bit of depression set in Uh so chemical change and also the reality that um there was nothing going to be done with the missing year (laughs) i said the other night before bringing mick on because we realized that we should have called it an evening with because otherwise we get tarred with the same brushes Chopper Reed, who goes, I'll give stand-up a go. I've killed some people. And, um, you know, <laughs> Can like... Can you he- tell the story about Chopper's executive decision? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, because because Brennan's... T- he's been saying this thing about not being tarred with the same brush as Chopper Reed. And I go, well, tell me about this Chopper Reed guy. He proceeds to tell me, like, he's got his own movie, which is apparently a hell of a movie. Like, yeah, oh, he's Eric Banner plays him. Super great. interesting guy, but I guess just because he's super interesting, that doesn't carry over yeah. to making you a... Uh, uh, people cow. watch him do stand-up, and it's like he'll start his opinion, and like, be like, yeah, I'm back on board with you, Chopper, but he's, you know, crazy, because his friend, uh, you know, Heath Franklin, right? Yeah, yeah. And Heath uh, does an impression of him, and then Chopper went, well, that comedian guy does an impression of me. People want to see the real thing. So he went and booked the theatre. <laughs> Same place as he the day after, sold two tickets or something. But I remember doing a gig with him and he turns up beforehand and every time he does a gig, he'll, he'll like try and be all officious and, uh, and speak in like, you know, uh, in pigeon legal speak. And he'll like say, I think you and your people, before that, that room is full in there, and I think you need to make a executive decision whether or not you're going to give me $250 right now before I go up there. And it's like, no, we've already agreed on the amount, Chopper. Well, I'm just saying there's a room full of people there and you you run a business, don't you? And these people have come and paid to see me. So I would go make it, and he just repeated it, executive decision oh. to go out the back into the pub, <laughs> open the till, and give me $250 in cash. <laughs> You know, it always work in beginning legal jargon, end up slightly threatening. <laughs> you want to make an executive decision about whether or not you want to keep that. your fucking arms. <laughs> an executive decision. Not that he will walk out. Yeah. yeah. That he will kill you. The, <laughs> the movie's great and, and Heath's parody of him is great. Anything involving Chopper that doesn't involve Chopper is great. <laughs> but if he's involved, I did a gig with him once. He's got a little offsider that's head to toe tattered. And yes. He sends him off to get some pens to do some autographs with after the show. And he's like, oh, yeah, get it, get some textures, get a gold one. Shoplift that one, though. <laughs> and then he cornered me in the corner to try if I knew anyone was 60 grand to invest in his beer company. <laughs> chopper heavy. <laughs> he sold sunglasses for a while. I had a pair of chopper sunglasses. <laughs> he's, he's written eight books. 
There's a great rant in the in the movie, which is actually just based on some of the interviews they did with him. He goes, "I'm one of Australia's best-selling authors, and I've never even read a book. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? I'm semi-bloody illiterate, <laughs> and I've outsold all these fancy pants wankers." But his books are great. He loves to intimidate people, and he, he thinks a giant font might do that. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that classic "I Love Green Guide Letters" clip. Now, here's the deal. We keep the last 25 new episodes free on the feed for anyone to download. But to dip into the archives, I invite you to check out the I Love Green Guide Letters Patreon page. Patreon is a really easy way for content providers like myself to reward listeners for supporting the podcast. And just for $3 a month, I give you complete access to our hundreds and hundreds of back episodes. You can download or listen to them on patreon.com or you can paste a quick and easy code into your podcast app of choice and download every episode just like a regular podcast. Along with the classic episodes for Patreon supporters, I also record the bonus After Letters show where myself and previous guests answer listener-supplied questions that, of course, go off into unexpected tangents. It's a really fun format that has become a favorite with our Patreon supporters. So the link is in the show notes of the very episode you're listening to now, or you can check it out at patreon.com forward slash I love gg letters and then you can enjoy all the classic episodes featuring the likes of will anderson dave anthony ronnie chang santo Chilaro, arthur coma paul dempsey professional wrestler mick foley tom gleason libby gore tiffany hall peter hellier darren hinch jonathan holmes pete holmes claire hooper anthony jeselnik jamoan samuel johnson ed cavalli andy kinler kate langbrook Limo, Dylan Lewis, Sam Mack, Mark Marin, Tony Martin, Luke McGregor, Ryan Maloney, Lawrence Mooney, former Green Guide editor, Andrew Murphitt, Dave O'Neill, Celia Bacola, Sam Pang, Charlie Pickering, Randy the Puppet, Gareth Reynolds, Adam Richard, John Safran, Sam Simmons, Brody Stevens, Tim and Eric, Josh Thomas, Dave Thornton, Ash Williams, Merrick Watts, Adam Zwar, and you get it, quite obviously, so many more. Your support is so appreciated and also needed to help finance the future production of I Love Green Guide Letters. So just to recap, last 25 episodes, always up for free for anyone to download. But if you want to go into the archives, it is just $3 to support the podcast for the month. If you so wanted, you could pay $3, download all thousand plus hours of podcasting and that's it. But we would love for you to stick around and continue to support the podcast and enjoy the ongoing bonus episodes. Thank you guys so much. I am Steel Saunders and I do love Green Guide Letters and our beloved Patreon supporters.